KCALP. Petaluma, California. I know I'm here every week for eternity, talking about you, your mind, brain, self, soul, spirit, society, why we are the way we are, do we have any say in how we are, what we think, how we behave, what we feel, and if we have a say, how can we increase that say, how much power do we have over ourselves, let alone over anything else? writing into this show ask me to tell you more about myself. I don't like to use up the hour discussing me, but I will refer you to the Dr. Angela website. That is D-R-A-N-G-E-L-A.com. That's D-R-A-N-G-E-L-A.com. As you know, this is not a healthcare or mental health care program or service. This is infotainment or edutainment. It has all kinds of words describing it, given what you're writing me and telling me anyway. Basically, we're talking about information that's available and opinions about this information. And of course, I and many of my guests bring their experience and expertise to these topics. Today, we have a return guest from the County of Sonoma Department of Health Services Public Health Division, Teresa Vogue. Hello, Teresa. Can you hear me over there? Hi, Dr. Angela. Yes, Hello. I can hear you. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for returning. Your, your topic is so important. Before I go on, I would like you to say a few words about yourself because I think you can do a better job than I will of telling us who you are. Sure. So uh, I work for the County of Sonoma, the health department there, and the County of Sonoma Health Department is basically the health department for the, all of the county, including the cities. And so we are interested in prevention and health, and with that we have a tobacco section that uh, primarily looks at, right now, vaping. Um, that's been the topic du jour because of the high incidence of youth vaping. We're, we're um, calling it a vaping epidemic. Have you heard it called that? Absolutely, yeah. And in fact, our um, well, former Scott Gottlieb, our um, former federal um, Surgeon General, Surgeon General, yes, uh, he he was one of the first to officially call it an epidemic. So we're, mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're seeing what we think is an epidemic. So you know, we've talked so much about on this show also and many other places about addictions being epidemics. Here we're talking specifically about vaping, and it comes not to all of you, but to many of you, because I have emails that have come in since the last show as a surprise to many listeners that this is, quoting one of the emails, why is this a serious topic, Dr. Angela? I'm going to let Teresa Vogue tell us why vaping is a serious topic. Yeah, well, and for us, uh, you know, we had we follow the trends of smoking and, and use of tobacco, 
And we have, as a nation, watched our tobacco use rates plummet. Right. I thought we were cigarettes. Pretty much finished with the smoking problem. Exactly. So, and for youth in particular, you know, most youth look at smoking and say, yuck, you know, no thank you. I would never do that. Um, So So what's going on? So that's when the uh, electronic nicotine delivery systems ends. That's kind of what what we call them, but they're more commonly colloquial called uh, vapes or even by their brand name, um, there's the Juul product. Um, a lot of people in this area are familiar with Juul, especially due to the what's going on in San Francisco, and that's where their headquarters is. And so a Juul, J-U-U-L, is an uh, electronic nicotine delivery device that looks like a little USB drive, um, a little longer. Yes, and so much that's very important. I'm going to ask you, for my sake, but also <laughs> a few of the listeners, uh, would like this said a little more slowly. I think some of you are taking notes. What did you call the end? What was that again? That's that electronic nicotine delivery system mm-hmm. or device. That's or device, the yeah. So the electronic nicotine delivery system is the vape device. Right. That's kind of a generic catch-all term right, for everybody all uses. the products. Uh-huh. And, and they've, they've uh, you know, over the years have you know, they started out looking like cigarettes, and you might have seen those in your, in, uh, you know, a, a grocery store, right, you know, they right. the views or um, blue was another name, and they were literally disposable. And you and use I them still see those. I still see people walking down the street with those as well. Sure, what yeah. what I think are those. And I think those original, you know, uh, early generation e-cigs, um, they really were meant to mimic smoking, and so those didn't really catch on with youth. Um, mm-hmm. They did catch on with people who thought they Older could people. use them, oh, yeah, and, or to use them to get off of traditional cigarettes. Exactly, and, 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 I'm, and, I'm, and excuse me, once in a while I may interrupt, only yeah. because everything you say, there's so much information packed in every of your sentences. Um, you said e-cig, that means electronic cigarette, yes? Correct. I, over the years, have had a number of clients older than, than teenage and young adult, uh, coming in saying they were quitting smoking and using e-cigs or electronic cigarettes, they were calling them at the time, to quit. It's a myth, right, that, that they are getting lighter doses of nicotine in the electronic device? Correct, yeah. They're, they're actually probably getting higher doses of nicotine. So where, where did it come from that people could quit smoking cigarettes by turning to electronic nicotine devices? Yeah, well, the, the very early products, uh, you know, back in the 80s even, you know, that started in China, that, that was the intention of those manufacturers. And, in fact, you know, you look at Juul's website, and, and that's what they claim is their intention, but that's not truly how things have shaken out in well, terms of the minute. use. You, so the, when you say it was their intention, was their intention originally the design was to help people quit smoking? Or was it to make smoking safer? I, I'm confused. I think they used that language on their website to attract people to using their device. It's fool, none of that to fool the consumer? Well, I mean, none of that's been proven by the right. FDA, mm-hmm. so... You know, oh, the FDA. Hi, mm-hmm. FDA, if you're listening. <laughs> what does the FDA tell us about all this? Right. So the, the FDA, that's the Food and Drug Administration that's, yeah. that's supposed to be um, protecting in charge us. of protecting health and public safety. And uh, in 2016 was a, a time when they they said e-cigarettes and, and little cigars are something that we should be 
looking at um, and measuring and doing the research that we do to tell the public whether the, you know, there's efficacy in the use, meaning does it say what these companies are saying it will do, such as get people off cigarettes, right? And what is the potential public health harm of these devices? Um, they decided to, uh, in their rulings, to push that down the road to 2022 for e-cigarettes and 2021 for cigars. So they decided to put push what down the road? So they they are not requiring the electronic cigarette manufacturers to uh, to submit their uh, products for um, what the FDA does, which is to check whether, you know, to do the research that the FDA does. Okay, I don't swear on the air, as all of you know, but um, blank, blank, blank what? (laughs) I mean, how is it that we're pushing something this serious down the road? Right. Well, the, believe me, there's been uh, there's a, a lawsuit about, about this uh, against the FBA. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? A uh, number of health groups um, uh-huh. have already, you know, including the American Lung Association, the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids, the Truth Initiative, the American Cancer Society, the American Academy of Pediatrics, um, it's and its Maryland chapter. Uh, so they are suing the FDA, saying they are violating rules by by not doing this and delaying this um, pr- these procedures till 2022. That they're violating laws. Yeah. So to roll the tape back for some of you just tuning in, or who may not have heard Teresa Vogue on a previous show here, we're talking about vaping or uh, electronic nicotine. Devices? Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I saying that? E-cigarettes. Correct? E-cigarettes. Yeah. And, and the dangers. Now, would you uh, tell us some of the dangers? I mean, I, I, I'm hearing that this is a dangerous product. Sure, yeah. And a lot of people think they're safe or that they're safer than cigarettes, and that the jury's still out on that. Cigarettes certainly have, um, you know, they have all the tar and, and, and cancer-causing agents, Um but it's you know it's like jumping off a hundred foot bridge or a seventy five foot bridge. It's it's the worst of two evils. And and actually things that we're finding out about electronic cigarettes um, aren't really going in the favor of they're better than combustible cigarettes. We're finding out the uh, nicotine is actually more concentrated because they've changed the formulation to the salt-based formulation so that they're able to get more nicotine. Basically, yeah, when people are, are doing it, they're getting higher, heavier hits. And you'll, you'll even, um, in our discussions with youth, they will say things like they're, you know, they're getting that hit, that high, they get a little woozy. Uh-huh. Um, which uh-huh. isn't something you traditionally would get with uh, using a combustible cigarette, a regular cigarette. Now, when we talk about the high, I have heard from a number of even my own clients who began vaping while they were in drug treatment for addiction to other drugs. I'm calling nicotine a drug here. We may get to that in a moment. Yeah. But so they began vaping thinking it was a nice alternative or a safe alternative to everything else that, that they had been doing. And now they're finding themselves hooked. Is, and this is reflecting several of your emails, listeners, is vaping addictive? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the nicotine. What is, the, is it the nicotine? It's the nicotine, uh-huh. you're right. And then, of course, they're flavored as well. And these flavors are not just, you know, passively there as one might suggest and uh, or one might think or the companies might suggest that they're just aesthetic or pleasing aspects. What are they? Um, they're harmful. Uh, there's been plenty of research to tell us that these flavors and other products that are the polypropanols are, are not good for your lungs. You know, they can create um, popcorn lung. They can uh, damage your lungs. They're inhaled so deeply. Basically, a dangerous chemical. The, exactly. The, the, yeah. the scent to the nicotine. Or the right. Vape those nicotine. those chemicals, they're full of, you know, there's chemicals that are on the Prop 99 list of, of dangerous cancer-causing chemicals. And... They're in doses that, you know, people say, oh, you don't need to worry about that. But this is stuff you're breathing deep into your lungs, and that they haven't been tested for that. So we don't even know whether we need to worry. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's what we rely, again, on the FDA to do, to do that, um, the product review that they are, that's part of what they do. And to delay that to 2022 is really not doing Think about anybody's public health. Eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds, fifteen-year-olds, twenty-one-year-olds, forty-year-olds, whatever. How many people will have been smoking for several years before the warnings come out? Right now, when I get to those ages, I, I have been told. In fact, I have some clients who are young enough to be in this age group of, of, of preteen vaping. Are you hearing about that at your office? Yeah, we are. We've we've um, been doing a pretty thorough assessment of the vaping crisis in Sonoma County. We've talked to schools. We've done a lot of surveying. Um, we've talked to parents and teachers and students themselves, and we do hear stories. Uh, we've you know we've heard elementary schools that are having problems with with finding vaping devices on students and students bragging about. Vaping, um, right. middle school for right sure. In class, by the way, I've heard students bragging yeah. about sitting in front of a teacher vaping because apparently these days vaping is sometimes not what detectable or visible or right. Yeah, so they, you know, they're kind of a classic picture we might think of as somebody vaping in this, and you might see somebody on the street doing this or in the car next to you, and you see this big plume of vape. Mm-hmm. Which is is one way to vape, but they can also do stealth vaping or what's called by the teens zeroing out, where they can inhale it all so deeply that and hold it in that basically nothing comes out their mouth that's visible. So yeah, so, so or they can blow the it into their the sleeve. Toxic, all the more toxic then. Yeah, potentially, I suppose, if you're holding that in. So is there is there information available for young people about the, these dangers, and is that information working? You know, the schools are very aware of this problem because they're having to suspend and deal with all the discipline issues related to this, and, and they're definitely interested in making kids and youth and young adults aware of the dangers. Um, I think that's, you know, part of the problem is uh, we... We, we don't want to scare kids. That's not a prevention tactic, tactic that's effective. Yeah. But we want yeah, to let them know. not a prevention tactic Yeah, just all. straight up, let them know what's in these things. And they're still going to make their choices, and, and still there's going to be kids who make a, a not healthy choice. Um, but we have to have a safety net for them, too. So, And what would that safety net be? 
Well, we're starting to enhance and, and make available cessation, believe it or not, for vaping. And, and we have young adults and youth who have decided or they, they've learned or they've just decided this thing has got control over me. I, I need it all the time. I can't function or they've gotten in trouble at school or with their parents. So they know it. They know it's so they know. Right. And so they have are reaching out saying, I, I need help quitting. And with the nicotine levels that are so high in these devices, it is really challenging for them. And so they need support. And and there's, um, you know, a new approach to cessation. We, we don't do this the old school way where you... Oh, tell us how we do this. Now. Yeah, so now there's texting apps. And uh-huh. uh, you can, anybody wanting to learn more about this, you can text the word QUIT to 706-222-QUIT. Q-U-I-T. Uh-huh, for help. All right, I'm going to ask you to say that again. Everybody grab a pencil and a piece of paper, and we will, we will say it again a few times during this hour, okay? Sure. Would you say that again? Now, this, what you do, especially if you're somebody who's not that great at texting, is you open the phone, you get into the text message, message section, you start a new message, and then you text the following. Right, so you'll have to put a phone number in. All right. So if you put 706-222-QUIT-FOR-HELP. Would you spell that out? Sure. Q-U-I-T-F-O-R-H-E-L-P. And then in the section where you would put your message, put the message you just type the word QUIT. And what happens after that? They'll start texting you and reaching out. And there's also, you know, the California Smokers Helpline. They are open to talking to parents, to talking to, to address the vaping issue, even though they, they have this um, branding that is talks about smoking, which is not how kids refer to their vaping um, or how... Although vaping is smoking. It, it is, is, technically, now, sure. How do people yeah. reach that helpline? So that's 1-800-NO-BUTS. Would you spell that for us? Sure. Uh, well, it's no, the word N-O, B-U-T-T-S. B-U-T-T-S. Okay. Yeah. And we'll say that again. By the way, you, you may want a pencil and paper, although we will say these things again. I know last time you were on the air, people asked, they emailed me and they asked to hear them again. Where can people go in case they forget everything <laughs> you, you tell us today about where to go? What office in the county or where is an obvious place to start for help? Sure. So we, you know, locally. Go, go find Teresa on the street. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Other um, than that. So locally we have our public health department uh-huh. and you can call and leave a message there and they will forward that message to somebody on the tobacco team that can give you a call back. And that number is 707, of course, 565-4401. Okay, good. And I believe that is one of the numbers you gave us last time. Am I, am I wrong? Yeah. I, maybe, I, maybe, maybe, maybe I no. gave you another number. The other number works, but okay. this is more effective. So that was 707-565-4401, and that is the Sonoma County Public Health Department. Correct. When you call, you tell them you're calling about... Looking for help with vaping or yeah, information. Yeah, have a question about tobacco or, or vaping, tobacco. or okay. they'll know where to send it. They do. All right, and we will come back to these numbers a little later in the show. I did want to ask you, with this text service where people write, where they text 222-QUIT-FOR-HELP as the phone number, 
and then write quit in the message line. What happens after that? They start getting messages from the Truth Initiative, which is a national organization that was originally funded with a big tobacco settlement back in the 80s. Um, so they're, they're well established. And they've really come out with some of the most innovative, youth-focused, young adult-focused. Um, that, that's what this vaping app is really geared toward that age group. So Now, if parents use this, will they see what their children yeah, are getting? exactly. So they, they right. can also see. And it's informational, right? Or right. does it tell them where to go for help? Yeah, so they're, they're actually texting with a real person. Oh, they're, they're yeah, it's not a robot. Yeah. That's great. Now, another email that did come in after you were on the show last is when people either use a service like this or call any of the numbers, can they remain anonymous? This has been, you know, I guarantee listeners emailing me that everything they email me stays anonymous. Yeah. And yeah. I am a licensed psychotherapist and clinician, so every, every, all of you who know me know everything's anonymous with me. But uh, they are wondering if they can reach your office or these other helplines and remain anonymous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we uh, yeah we don't want there to be any fear of uh, you know that you're going to tell my parents or well exactly. Um, and just, like that was one email I got. Well, if I do this, will they be notified? If one of them said I'm 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 a kid, if I write, will the county be calling my parents? Yeah, absolutely not. No. All right. Now, parents, of course, you have a right to know, and, and of course, it's a good idea to know, but we need avenues for young people to get help, whether they feel safe discussing it with mom and dad or not. Is that is that your opinion? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, it sounds like we're talking about flat-out addiction here. I mean, a lot of the psychology of addiction seems to be relevant. Yeah, and, and those are some of the, the signs. Um, you know, getting into some of the signs that a parent might see, just please, yes, please. you know, just maybe their kid isn't fully dependent or addicted. What you know, the word that we were just using there, but they think they, you know, they're wondering, and so there's a, a, a number of signs to look out for. Um, those include, well, nicotine is a, a substance that uh, creates dryness, <laughs> so it's. Uh, so what you might see as a result of that is dry mouth, kind of loss of um, needing more salt, that sort of thing. And, and then also because nicotine is... Um, is, it, is it a stimulant? Yes, it's a stimulant. So you'll see this kind of, you know, tapping and antsiness and edginess. Sure. And then if, if they truly are dependent, they will start, you know, if they are need that next hit and they they don't have access to the, the e-cigarette or you'll see them running off to the bathroom. The bathroom will get used a lot. Um, or running out, you'll what smell. Is, what does that mean? Because they're doing it, they're hiding it. In other words, they're hiding the use. And now, uh, let's say the, the, the parent says, all right, my kid has been into the bathroom so many times, but when I walk in there, I don't smell nicotine. What do you tell the parent? Yeah, well, they're, they're not going to smell anything like a traditional cigarette. They're going to be smelling something that smells fruity or... Um, 
sweet or Flavor, candy or minty. Vanilla, minty. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if you're smelling those kind of smells in general and, and your kid's saying, oh, that's my candy new or something, you know, <laughs> it's, it's uh, fair to be suspicious because we, yeah. we think the prevalence rates, and meaning that, you know, the number of kids that are using is quite, quite high. Um, and partly back to what we were saying before is I don't think kids really understand what they're getting into. Um, a you, lot don't, of, you don't think they understand. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to get the word out, and certainly schools are as well, that there actually is nicotine. But when we've talked to kids, and there's been national research with um, talking to kids, and they really are clueless. They didn't realize there was nicotine, or they thought there was just a little bit. And so, yeah, so they're, they're pretty unaware. And then, you know, before they know it, they're actually hooked. And then that becomes kind of scary for them. Now, they, they're able to tell they're hooked. At a young age, they can feel, they may not use the word addicted, or they may, yeah. but they can feel they're dependent upon it. Right. So, you know, we, we have heard stories of kids who say, I, I have to wake up in the middle of the night and vape. Um, I can't go without, you know, 15, that's 20 pretty, minutes without dependent, starting to chemically dependent on that nicotine. Exactly. Yeah. And they're willing to risk, you know, bringing it to school and getting in trouble because they they know that they really need that hit or they're going to start getting a headache or they're going to start getting antsy or they're going to get angry. You know, that kind of quick to temper stuff that, that is what you see. It's the, the, going vol- off. the volatility. Yeah, yeah. It's that cycle of addiction. Yeah. Now this, uh, yes, uh, although there are heavy smokers who need to wake up in the middle of the night to smoke, this level of, of dependence uh, that we're talking about young people in the middle of the night needing to vape, that's very serious. And we're talking about pretty darn addictive stuff. Yeah, and you know, these, again, these concentrated um, levels of nicotine, you know, they, it's possible to actually overdose. Now, I, I use oh, that, tell us, yeah, meaning tell us that more. it can reach a toxic level. Now, it's not going to be the same kind of overdose that you would get with an opioid overdose uh-huh. where you, you, your breathing is repressed and you're, you mm-hmm. could die. Um, but it's serious. You so can what, end up in the emergency the, room. What does the overdose feel like, or how does someone overdosing or around someone overdosing? Know? Yeah, I mean, the kids have actually passed out be, because they've had too, too much, much nicotine. Yeah, and it's too much. They're over. The stimulant is too. They have too much of the stimulant metabolite in their systems. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it can you know rapid heart rate. Um, Can they have heart attacks? I mean, is it that powerful? Um, I haven't heard of that, and I, I don't know if I can totally speak to that, but I know that, you know, the nicotine is a vasoconstrictor, uh-huh. excuse me. Uh-huh. Uh, so it, it, it constricts everything, which is um, increases your blood pressure, increases your heart rate. Like clenching your fist, but it's clenching yeah, your heart. Yeah, it's, it's clenching uh-huh. all over your body. And so it sounds in some ways like, like an overdose of cocaine. I guess comparing stimulant to stimulant, it Uh might have um, similar attributes in that way. So would you, in your experience, say that the overdoses, once nicotine is being used through a vape or an e-cig or whatever end device, Mm -hmm. electronic nicotine delivery device, I'm I'm learning (laughs) your wording, um, that it, it is more dangerous than regular cigarettes? You can uptake more... Nicotine than you can through a regular cigarette. Really? Yes. So, what does that? I, I understand you, but would you unpack this and say more here? Well, I think you know, with a traditional cigarette, you also 
you, you kind of have a natural counter, right? You can kind of go, up. Oh, I'm going to have one or two. You go out, you have a cigarette, you smoke your cigarette, you're done. With e-cigarettes, there's a whole different use pattern. And the inhalation can be very different. You can take a, a light or a heavy hit. And you, we haven't really, we don't really know how much nicotine, I mean, scientists do, but somebody who's just casually using, they don't really understand how much nicotine they're taking in. So, you know, a lot of people are familiar with Juul. They were the, you know, first kind of big on the market. They're based here in San Francisco. They came on the market in 2016. Hugely popular. They have like 70% of the um, e-cigarette market. Um, so they have, and, and part of their popularity is that they have this closed, quote-unquote, closed system. So, um, prior to that, people were either buying, you know, disposable or kind of one-off products, mm-hmm. or they would have to buy all the little pieces, you know, yeah, that it's assembled. They'd have to refill it, and it was a, you it know, it's a, a lot of gadgety, messy right. problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and a lot Jewel of people conquered that. Jewel totally conquered Not to that. Advertise, but. Yeah, and they right. So they made these little jewel pods that are these mm-hmm. little, you know, square things that are, you know, about the size like of a, a quarter. If you could make that uh-huh. or into like a square, are they similar to a jump drive, or is that some smaller? Or much smaller. Well, the whole yeah, thing, thing, the uh-huh. whole device is considered is uh, like a thumb drive. Yeah, jump drive. Um, okay. But the jewel, the little pod that has that's the the piece that you click in and out when you're out of nicotine juice that contains the nicotine juice. That's kind of the the New, the new thing that, that caught everybody's attention was mm-hmm. then you don't have to deal with refills. And so right. you just pull this thing out. So that little pod is equal to about 42 cigarettes or about two packs of cigarettes. So, so you know, wow. somebody can go through that easily a in a day. Yeah. And, so and not really realizing. realizing. So I'm, 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 I want to draw my, with a red pen. I want to underline what you just said. Without realizing it, a young person or any uh, any of you out there of any age could smoke the equivalent of 42 cigarettes by going through one pod mm-hmm. and not realize it's that much. Right, exactly. Because it's faster to smoke or because, in other words, smoking 42 cigarettes, cigarettes takes a little time. Well, and I think it goes a little bit back to the use pattern, like I was saying, like, if, you know, a person's smoking, they know they're not good for them, right? So they're usually kind of measured. They're like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to have one cigarette now. I'm going to have, you know, two People don't want to be around it. They don't like it. Right. And so they go out. They have their cigarette. They come back in. With vaping, you know, people can stealth vape anywhere. Um, we talked last time about the movie theater. No, um, no. And people can, you know, so they're kind of token on this vape pen or vape device kind of all day and all night. I mean... I've, I've read some interesting pieces, too. There was one in the New Yorker um, a little bit ago that she was talking about talking to people who, and then tried it herself and, and talking to people that would say basically they're vaping all day as long as they're awake. The only time they're not vaping is when they're sleeping. So they're just so, – so it's a little hard to gauge how much you're using, right? You can imagine if you're just kind of vaping you're not counting, all day. You're not, you're not counting like you do a cigarette. Like, I'm going to have my – you know how many. You've got the box. You're looking. You're counting. So, so the addiction – the rate of addiction now that vaping or e-cigarettes, but the advanced versions of e-cigarettes are available, maybe the, the rate of addiction to nicotine is far higher. I would imagine. I mean, yeah, there's still many more cigarette users than there are vape mm-hmm. users, but um, do younger people use vape 
vape devices more much more than cigarettes. Yes, uh-huh. yes. So you know, we we started the show talking about how it looked like smoking was a thing of the past a few years ago. We we thought we were really conquering it. At least young people were not starting to smoke, and that's turned around. Or has vaping fooled people? Or, or how did this happen? Yeah, I think that people didn't really equate the two, especially young people. You and know, they, parents, I think and parents thought it was, oh, well, it's safe. Or, right, or maybe it's, you know, kind of this, they're experimenting. And, you know, the danger there is you don't have to experiment very long before you're hooked. Um, it's, it's, it's very addictive. And, and just like, you know, you wouldn't say that about an opioid with your, your kid, like, ah, oh, they're just having <laughs> some oxy, no problem. It's no, serious, it's very right. serious. So, and, and the thing with this is, this may not be the thing that you're going to get the call at in two in the morning that your kid is overdosed on or going to cause a, a traffic accident. This is the thing that's going to be the thing that your kid dies of and that you're not going to be around to watch, but it's going to be a horrible death. And and, and who wants that for their kids? When you say that, what is the causality or how, do, how does this death come about? Right. So it's, it's the nicotine's effect on the body. Nicotine increases your chances greatly I for stroke and, and heart disease. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we don't know that much about the, the other uh, flavorings. Right. And so we there is uh, research out there that can, uh, there's connections to cancer. So, yeah. So, so when young people hear this, I mean, I assume maybe you or people you work with have been in the schools talking about this. How do you see people, young people responding? They're pretty receptive. Yeah. They, they, are act- they actually didn't know this. Right. And they're going, right. oh my gosh. Yeah, because exactly. Because I thought it was easy, safe, and right. clean. Yeah, uh-huh. so it's it's giving that, and and we're working with the schools. We're um, writing a grant now. We're looking at some really interesting work about how to how to not just talk at kids about you know here's the dangers now just don't do it, but really to pull them into learning. Um, so for them to study. So what are the the marketing tactics that the how are you um, being fooled or how are you being tricked into thinking this is safe? Sure, I mean that's uh-huh. one way to put it. Or just understanding, you know, what what happens? What's the chemical content of something? And mm-hmm. let's break that down. And what does that do to your body? What does nicotine actually do physiologically to your body? And how does that affect your heart rate and your blood pressure? And, and is that good for you? <laughs> so having them actually kind of take a, mm-hmm. a you know scientific look at it or, you know, look at the data behind the millions and billions of dollars or the fact that Juul is now, you know, they set themselves up to be their uh, Altria or Marble owns 30% of that company now and they are a multi-billion dollar company. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now I heard speaking of this, uh, there was some news recently that San Francisco has ruled, is this true, that vaping devices cannot be sell, sold in the city, or is this still on the table? No, the mayor just signed that either yesterday or today, so that the board wow. had passed it, and then it was waiting for the mayor's signature, and that was predicted that that, that would get signed, and so it's been signed. Um, and what I'm not sure when it goes into What does this mean? I mean, does that make San Francisco vape-free or vape sales-free? Yeah, they, I think that... Yeah, it, essentially vape sales free, and then they they also attacked on um, that 
that you could not deliver if you ordered something by mail, that that could not be delivered to a San Francisco address. Wow. So yeah. not just to youth, but adults of any age. Correct, yeah. This is, I mean, this is a public health policy I haven't seen anywhere. I mean, I've, I've seen smoke-free restaurants and smoke-free Maybe even towns, but I haven't seen. Yeah, town. we haven't either. It's it's very bold. Yeah. How did San Francisco get there, and can other cities and towns learn from this San Francisco? Yeah, I mean they they <laughs> everybody's uh, close, closely studying this, especially people in, in my field, um, mm-hmm. who support cities in their interests to uh, pass policies. Um, you know, one of the policies that that is. Uh, Common among jurisdictions to to get at this problem is to look at the retail environment. And cities do have the power to pass something called a tobacco retailer license, uh-huh. and so that adds an extra layer of uh, regulations that they can determine at the local level. And so San Francisco, to to where they started off was with a flavor ban, um, and then they actually had to put it on the ballot. Um, and it passed on the ballot, and now I think Jewel is actually looking to overturn that ballot measure. So, yeah, so the game goes on. Interesting, but yeah, the competition between public health and commerce, not that they should be opposed. Right. Well, you know, public health, the, the motto is always to err on the side of safety. safety yeah. And, yeah. So I, I have a comment from a listener I want to get to in just a moment. But before I do... Uh, can you remind us again if, if listeners would like more information, how they call your department there with the county, and then give us this other text sure. for help information again? You bet. Okay. So the public health department is 707-565-4401. We'll say that again. 707-565-4401. And if people call there and say they would like information or help with vaping or smoking, the, the people answering the phone know where to where to send you. Yes. Sure. They, okay. it, there, it, actually, you're going to get a message. <laughs> so, uh, but if you if you actually have questions about vaping or you're somebody who thinks they might want to quit, you're not sure, but you have questions, you can call the Smokers Helpline, and that's 1-800-NO, the word no, N-O, buts, B-U-T-T-S, and now what is that again? That's the California Smokers Helpline. No, are vapors smokers? Uh, in this, in, yeah, definitely they oh, are. Right. They don't think of themselves. Yeah, even helpline addresses. Yeah, they haven't. Um, they're re, they're looking to rebrand, uh-huh. and um, but they have said we definitely can support people who want to stop vaping. And that was one eight hundred N O B U T T S. Correct. Yeah. And now you mentioned another uh, uh, for people who would like help with what they may be a, a vaping addiction or a vaping problem. There's a text service. Tell us about this again. Ah, so I realized, okay. So, yes, this is the Truth Initiative. Uh, they have a texting program, as you mentioned, and it's texting the word QUIT to 706-222-QUIT, Q-U-I-T. And I think I was adding the four help on before, but there's no. It's yeah, when you actually count out the numbers that would be appropriate for a phone number. In other words, open the text message, 
function on your telephone, on your iPhone, or on your any any electronic. Uh huh. Punch in the phone number seven zero six two two two, and then I don't know the actual numbers that go with Q U I T. All right. But the numbers that go with Q U I T, and then in the message box, right? Quit. And then what happens? And then they start responding and and uh, corresponding with you via text. And so there's actual help out there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Now, uh, I want to come back to a question that came in, and I want, I want to direct it to you. Before I go on, just so if you're just tuning in, we're listening to Teresa Vogue from the Sonoma County Department of Health Services. Of health Services. I, I keep saying public health. Well, we're, we're public health is, I know, it's a menagerie, oh. but it's we are a, a division within the Department of Health. Okay. All right. So Thank either you. works. Thank you so much, and, and you're so kind to, to return uh, I'm hoping you return several times over the coming months because uh, this I'm, I'm hearing from people this is actually a, a very big topic in many many, many people's lives. Um, you are at the Dr. Angela Hour. I am Dr. Angela. You can look me up online at drangela.com. That's D-R-A-N-G-E-L-A.com. I say this because I don't use a lot of time to talk about my work my books and my clients and all of that here. I, I like to focus on the topic of the hour. Also, remember this is not a health care or mental health care program. Please call 911 if you're having an emergency now. And if otherwise you find that any issues, psychological or physical, is affecting your ability to function, be safe, be happy, whatever it is in daily life, please see a health care and or mental health care expert. Ideally, get more than one opinion, and please, please check the qualifications of the people you go to. If you have questions for me or any of the guests on this show, please email. Grab your pencil and paper again. You'll need it even more times during this hour. That is Dr. Angela Hour at drangela.com. That's D-R-A-N-G-E-L-A-H-O-U-R at D-R-A-N-G-E-L-A.com. Again and again, I'm so proud I can spell this. Wow. All right, Teresa. <clears throat> Teresa Vogue, I have a question that did come in after the last time you appeared on the show where somebody somebody wrote in said he was a young person, didn't give an age, said he was basically a, a kid. This was, was, it seemed to be the wording. Uh, all of this is useful, but it doesn't help us because of the underground stuff. Do you know what that means? Are there ways of getting vaping devices without getting them from regular stores? Sure, yeah. So, of course, you know, you have to be 21. We passed that law a few years back uh, in California. So kids that are using these devices, how are they getting them? So, you know, they're probably getting them from uh, friends, brothers, sisters, parents, um, or you know, we, we have done uh, youth purchase surveys, which is a, a, a technical way of saying we've had decoys go out and attempt to buy in the retail environment, and we had a 17% buy rate. What's so, please unpack that. So, sure. So, that means that we go out with youth, and they, and when we do it, nothing, nobody gets cited. We just, it's educational, purely. Um, so, what happened was they got sold to 17% of the time. So Even without being carded? With, uh, either they ask for the ID, and they always show their ID, which is under age 21, because these are 18, 19-year-olds. 
um, and they were still sold to, so that's surprising. Somebody actually took the time to look at the ID, can see on there that they're clearly not 21, and, and usually it says stamped on the ID uh, under 21 until a certain age, or they've used the point of sale scanner to see it, and they've still sold to them. Is it or because there's a lack of knowledge that people under 21 can't yeah, be I, I uh, honestly uh-huh. can't say. We we definitely we have we have heard talk to clerks that have said they didn't know it was 21. So there is a piece of it. We're definitely going to be doing more education around that. Um, I don't know if it's just lackadaisical or they people kind of think, ah, how bad this product? They know they, you know, that it's a problem if they do. It's a problem for the retailer for sure. They do know this. Well, you know, if they don't know it's 21, then no. <laughs> the retailers should know this. They've been getting. What happens to the retailer? I mean, not when you go out and do your test, but under normal circumstances. Yeah, there's there's fines. There's a whole, you know, yeah, uh, series of progressive words, fines. Really they could lose their license eventually. It's illegal to sell. Yeah, that's the illegal part. Yeah, devices or whatever all of the components are. Yeah. To anybody under 21. Right. So, yeah. but it, 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 you've got a youth vape epidemic. Yeah. So, and then, you know, the, the kids on campus, they're um, using social, social media and they're selling to each other. And we've even heard stories, uh, it just freaks me out as, you know, my, my boys are older now, but to think of this, and especially for some reason, if I had girls, it would freak me out even more of, um, People on social media putting, like, usually Snapchat, which is, a, you know, the disappearing message one, um, that they have the whole hit me up, HTU, uh, and so they have this lingo of uh, hit me up for vaping, and so they've caught a lot of kids on campus who are selling vape devices, and they preload them, and, and people sometimes will just rent them out, essentially, because they run them out for five bucks, they get it back, they refill it, and and then we've heard stories of people meeting people in the park or on the path or whatever, you know, some location, somebody that they don't know at all, they don't actually know what's in that vape device, they could be getting any sort of drug, any refill of a va- of an e-juice that comes from China that's completely unregulated. And absolutely anything in it. I mean, there's no way of knowing. And that. who knows what that conversation is between your daughter or your son and somebody who's selling them this now we're, device. We're talking about, now we're talking about young adults, right? We're talking about yeah, youth, middle schoolers, high schoolers, and young adults in college. Well, if they're under 21, they, they would have to be either have a, I mean, I definitely know there's places they have their go-to place. They know they can go and buy, and they're not going to get carded. So how how... Do we deal with this? How on earth yeah. do we ever sort of uh, do something about this? Yeah, well, we're definitely reaching out to law enforcement and wanting to work with them more on, you know, especially this idea of somebody, you know, meeting your kid in a park and selling them something from well, a trench coat, essentially. A lot, a lot you know. like a lot of the other, let's say, drugs. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's the point. You know, if they think they're just going to go get a nicotine vape, and then next thing you know, what are they getting, you know, asked, hey, you want something else? You want Xanax? You want, you know, an opioid? You know, so. And I think this is what the young person writing me is saying, I'm just a kid. But what about the underground? And the yeah. underground, you know, they could have been referring to vaping, because something we haven't talked about is that these ends, the uh, 
or evasive devices that are used for marijuana all the time. And the electronic nicotine delivery devices. Yeah, so it could be more than nicotine, right? Or uh, yes, I've heard. Yeah, so using it to um, vape dabs, you know, uh, wax or something that's a concentrated uh, uh, marijuana product. Uh, yeah. So now this isn't going to be sold in a regular smoke shop or supermarket. Not marijuana. Where where are people getting this? The marijuana? Yes. Yeah, so the, those are dispensaries. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they're getting the, the, the vape, the, the device at, at a cannabis dispensary or or not? They can get the, the marijuana product to then put into their oh. own device. Oh, I see. So yeah. they own the device. Got it. Got it. Right, so they can get it in a, a liquid form uh-huh. or the a, a modified electronic nicotine device that can basically has the heat element to uh-huh. break down the wax or the shatter or whatever kind of marijuana product they're using. It's not usually leaf marijuana, which is, I mean, those, those dabs and um, wax, those are highly concentrated THC. I mean, we're talking... 70, 80% THC, not the, you know, 6% THC of yesteryear or yes. lower. And I've heard from a number of addiction treatment centers who allow vaping that they've, they've run into the problem of uh, that they're allowing the vaping of the nicotine, but that the, the cannabis in the vape pipes has been showing up. Uh, yeah, very common. Yeah, and, and and many times they hadn't detected that. They hadn't been aware. Yeah, it doesn't give off the scent quite. You know, not like somebody smoking a joint. Basically, it's it's. Like, I mean, it's still detectable, I think, but it's it's not like whoa, somebody's been smoking in here. Yeah. And returning to uh, nicotine vaping, oh, there there are so many questions and so much to say, but we have a little time here. Uh, you know, I, I I walked by, I sat in the theater, as you know, some time ago, was, somebody was vaping. I believe it was nicotine vaping, but I didn't stop to find out. But I was getting sick uh, around whatever was being released into the air. I finally left. Uh, the, 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 um, some of the emails that came in said, my friend does it or my spouse does this or is it toxic or dangerous to me? Is there passive inhalation? Absolutely. And there's more and more research coming out, <clears throat> excuse me, on what's, you know, secondhand smoke. And, and it's secondhand just like we've smoke. Called, yeah, so just mm-hmm. like we've um, we put it all into that category. A lot of, you know, we, we use the, the colloquial term of vaping, which connotes a, um, a, a vapor, a water vapor, but it's it's actually it's technically not, it's, it's an aerosol, and we should be yeah yeah. So it contains all you know those chemicals, and it's just basically been processed it's in not, the body. It's and not steam. It's not steam. Right now, it's not um, you know like a cigarette will sit and burn, and you uh-huh. would get the secondhand uh-huh. smoke either from that or from somebody inhaling it and, and blowing it out. The vape device itself isn't. It's not combusting, so there's no smoke emitting from that. But once it goes through somebody's body and and out into the air, yeah, that that's harmful. No, I know. And the juice is harmful. 
I should mention that too for people with little kids, especially because oh, the, yeah, because you know that these flavors are scented and they um, they attract children. They uh, yeah, you oh. know, kids are the, the bottles that they come in are like you know, and this is again the yep. FDA not stepping in to say mm-hmm. you know they shouldn't look like this. We need child safety caps and that sort of thing. Um, so they, they look like candy. They mimic uh, things that look like candy for, for children. They have that smell and the flavor. So if a, a child gets into that, it's the, it's skin soluble. So if a parent gets into that, I mean, we warn all parents, if you're finding these devices. in your kid's bedroom or backpack. Right. And you find the device and then you, you know, you go, I don't know what to do with this. And you put it in a plastic bag. This is a common problem with schools. They've got drawers full of these things and they're handling it and they're handling them they have to wear gloves because you get that nicotine juice on your hands you may end up in an emergency room because you are going to notice your heart rate increase it's skin soluble we've got you know the lot the calls to the poison line of little kids getting into these vape juices has Did increased significantly. Tell everybody this again in other words because I can see emails coming in what exactly what exactly is it that I should not touch with my bare hands? So the devices themselves, when they're you know when they're fresh and being used, they're not going to be leaky. Uh-huh. But older devices leak, and once you put them in a in a plastic bag, say you know this is so this is what schools will end up doing. They confiscate all these devices, and I want to tell you, we we did some research. We talked to all the comprehensive high schools in Sonoma County, every single one of them, and we asked them on average, how many of these devices are you confiscating in a month? And all said, all total, it works out to be about four thousand five hundred devices. Oh my this god! Year. So these these school administrators have bags and bags of these things, and so they're going in and, are you and touching them. To put gloves on? Yes, and they know now because they've experienced they the leakage. This. They know they know what the leakage is. They see it. It's in the bag. It's covering. It's they smell. Ugh, it's horrible. Yeah, got it. Oh my gosh, you're. <laughs> You're giving us so in, so much information, and we have a few more minutes here um, before before I uh, ask you what else you'd like to add because I'm sure we sh- we should talk another ten hours. Will you at some point return to us <laughs> if you have time? And you oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Everything you said today, first of all, even what you said today, I hope you will come back and say even that much again. <laughs> sure. Because what I hear from listeners is many times when there's a show with this much information, they want to hear the same thing again, or have it discussed in new ways. But the material matters. Now. If you if you had a few key messages for listeners before I say thank you, and we'll see you soon, what would they be? Um, I think for for parents and even parents of young adults, because we know that this is very popular in the college age, is to you know first of all be gentle with your kids. You know that shaming and blaming uh, doesn't work. Right. So to try and have conversations about this with their kids, understand what their motivation is, and then start telling them what you have to kind of educate yourself, first of all. Um, but to take it seriously, because like I said before, that this this is the thing that you know, it's going to 
cause the cancer or the heart disease or the stroke. And these are very bad habits, hard habits to break. And it's and starting then, very young. And it sets the cycle of addiction up. So when yep. you've got a 15, 16-year-old, and we talked about this more last time, but this is another really important point, um, you know, they're supposed to get be getting their quote-unquote natural highs out in the world. They're supposed to be figuring out who they are and, and what's enticing to them and what's interesting to them. And when they get their brain hijacked with something like nicotine or any other drug, and these are the same pathways, the same receptors that are right. working here, um, they, their brain gets more primed for addiction. And so then you kind of have opened the doorway for for um, other drugs to slip in, and, and they um, are less inclined to find those other things in life that make you happy. They've, they've got a small monkey on their back, and pretty soon it's a big monkey, right? which right. is a term you probably know from yes, addiction, right. you know? Sure and, and so why, why do we want to tax our kids with that? Let's take this seriously. Let's jump in now instead Absolutely. of waiting until later. Because this is as dangerous. As a lot of the rest of it. It's a long-term health, you know, that's going to slowly, you know, but, you know, talk to any smoker within a couple days or a week of quitting, they notice they can breathe a lot better. I mean, the effects on your body are immediate. Mm -hmm. And I think vapors don't have that same, like, yeah, I'm not waking up, you know, coughing for half an hour, but there's still health effects that are going on. And I, those chemicals are just, there's a lot of still unknowns, but what we have found out is frightening. Well, we've been listening to Teresa Vogt. Thank you, Teresa Vogt, from the Sonoma County Health Department. And if you have comments or questions for this guest or any of the guests on this show, or for me, Dr. Angela, please email DrAngelaHour at DrAngela.com. D-R-A-N-G-E-L-A-H-O-U-R at D-R-A-N-G-E-L-A.com. I'm going to be saying goodbye, and thank you, Teresa Volk. We will be hearing from you again. And I think we probably, because this show was so important, even replay this show again, because uh, I'm going to hear people want. I already know. I can hear you with your emails. All right, thank you again. We'll see you soon. And you've been listening to the Dr. Angela Hour. I am Dr. Angela here every week talking about you, your mind, brain, spirit, self, soul, society, and stuff that we have to deal with. You take care now, please.